As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey, welcome to the show. Richard Ryerson here. Thanks, as always, to tuning into the show. This is a solo episode today. No guest, no interview, just me for about the next 15 minutes or so to help you in your leadership journey to talk about my philosophies, my beliefs, things that I think will help in your leadership development. This is the show where we talk about leadership. It's dedicated to that. And why is it? If you're first tuning in, because leadership is central to everything that we do. It applies to everything, every aspect of life. There isn't one part of your life where leadership does not touch. And you've heard me say this time and time again on the show that no matter who you are, every single one of us listening to this show, there's at least one person right now looking to you for influence and guidance. Think about that. That is a truth. No matter how you view yourself as a leader, there's at least one person in this world that is looking to you for influence and guidance. So it's in our best interest to learn all we can about leadership because it's not about position, it's not about title. It's about adding value to other people's lives. I say that every single episode because it's the truth. It's about adding value to other people's lives. That is the best way to become an impactful and influential leader. If you want to increase your leadership influence, then pour your life and to somebody else, intentionally add value to everybody that you come across. Think about how challenging that is. It's very easy to understand, but it's very difficult to put into play. Because you got to take care of yourself. I get it. But can you add value to that cashier at the gas station? Can you add value to the postman that you see, you know, for 10 seconds, five days a week? How can you add value to everybody that you come across, if you start thinking about that, and again, not expecting anything in return, you're doing it because it's the right thing to do. It's not it's regardless of how you feel, but it's doing what's right, then things really start to change exponentially. We're always wanting more. Our needs and our wants have got to be met. And I guarantee you, the way the universe works, your, your wants, your needs, your expectations will be exponentially met if you dedicate the rest of your life to adding value to the people you come across. And think about that. That's a choice. And so when you look about that, you don't have to get a degree or 
be this larger-than-life charismatic figure. That is a choice that you have tremendous power in. You have the tremendous power to start putting dents in the universe. I love that term, but it's so true. You can start putting dents in the universe if you start intentionally adding value to other people's lives or at least asking the question, how can I? And so that's what I'm passionate about. That's what we like to talk about here on the show. If you're finding value in this show with all these great free resources, these great conversations, please take the time to subscribe to the show. It means the world to me. It does so much to keep us front and center in the ever-increasing world of podcasts. And there's so many great shows out there. But to keep front and center, it would help if you would subscribe to the show. And even more of a bonus, if you leave a rating and review. And uh, that does so much, again, to help with the visibility. It would mean the world to me. And I love hearing from you. I promise you, if you leave a rating and review, drop me a line at richard at doseofleadership.com. And I promise I'll get back to you. I'm just curious. I hear from people every day, and I love to see where you're at in your leadership journey, and I respond to every email. It may take me a while, but I will get back to you. I promise you. And hey, while you're at it, check out my new personal website, richardryerson.com. Go there and see what I'm all about in terms when it comes to leadership speaking, coaching, training, running masterminds. You get a bigger sense of what I do, more so than what Dose of Leadership does. So go ahead and check it out. And you can contact me there as well. Hit the contact button and send me, drop me a line, and I promise you I will get back to you. You can also download my free leadership guide if you sign up to my email list. I promise you I won't bother you with a lot of emails. But when things come down that I think are interesting or I've got offers, I will certainly contact you if you're on my list. And again, I'm very appreciative to all those people that are currently on the list. Okay, today I want to talk about this concept called no egos in the cockpit. I just came back from a flight this morning. I was talking with the guy I was flying with, uh, John, and we were talking about this whole concept. It's, 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 especially here in the United States, I've been flying for 22 years, almost 23 years, and this concept of what they call crew resource management or cockpit resource management, it's a relatively new phenomenon. It really kicked off in the late 70s after a series of accidents where, and it's amazing when you study accidents and aviation accidents and how many people actually or how many accidents and fatalities of these terrible accidents have happened all because someone was afraid to speak up. And you've seen it. And it's, it's hard to believe, but it's easy to happen. I mean, especially if you're fly- flying with somebody, as you can imagine. Say you're, picture yourself as a junior co-pilot sitting in that right-hand seat. You've got 500 hours. You're flying with a guy that's got ten to 15,000 hours, been flying for 22 years. And let's say this guy is the biggest jerk, the the biggest butt on the planet. And can you imagine being in that small confined environment and you're flying with somebody who's got a larger than life ego, somebody that is, you know, at times, you know, intimidating to you, kind of pulling your chain all the time, being berating, joking with you, being kind of mean, you know, thinking, hey, you got to pay your dues. You're just a co-pilot. Sit on your hands. Shut up. You can imagine, what would it be like to fly with somebody like that? And, and you're flying in bad weather, and you're seeing things. You're not flying. You're watching him fly, and you're seeing that he's getting behind you, and, and you're afraid to speak up because the whole flight, the whole trip, you've been getting berated and put down by this larger-than-life a-hole, if you will. So what do you do? It's a very challenging situation. I've seen it. I've been there myself. I've seen it time and time again. What do you do? How do you combat that? Well, there's two leadership challenges there. One, certainly for the 
the aircraft commander who's being a jerk. He's certainly failing in his leadership responsibility to keep an open and honest environment, a transparent environment, right? And the other leadership challenges with the, the young co-pilot that you're sitting there with the 500 hours, you still have an obligation as a leader to speak up. And one of the sayings that I say, and I attribute this to one of my mentors, Charles Bruce, who I worked with, but it's so apropos to what we did, and we and I still do, flying, flying uh, airplanes, multi-crew airplanes. And remember this, it's not your right to challenge me. It's your obligation. And it's so critical to understand, and that's what I mean by no egos in the cockpit, because if I'm the aircraft commander, it's my responsibility, if I'm the leader the one accountable for the situation, it is my responsibility, my obligation to create an environment where it's very open, it's very transparent, where people feel free to speak up. And it's easier said than done, but it's, 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 you have to create this environment. And so every time I fly with somebody new who's never flown with me before, I always say it in those terms. I said, look, it's not your right to challenge me. It's your obligation. So shame on you if you don't speak up. I don't care how grumpy you think I am, how smart you think I am, how dumb and aloof you think I am, whatever the case may be. I don't care if we don't get along. We, you know, we don't have to like each other, but it's your obligation to speak up. You do not let me land in that crash in that mountain. You do not let me land with my gear up. It's your obligation. So the obligation for the kind of more junior person is to speak up regardless of what's going on because it's your pink body in there as well. And the obligation for the leader, the aircraft commander in the left-hand left seat, it's their obligation to make sure that that environment remains open, that you do everything you can to not build any communication walls to prevent that honest and open and transparent communication. It makes sense, right? And when you look about thinking about in an aviation environment where people can crash and catastrophic things can happen, it's easy to understand that. But you can certainly apply that in every situation in life. Every situation. Think about that. If you're in a leadership role, even if you're a parent, think about can are you creating an environment where people feel free to speak up? Are they can they tell you anything? Nothing made me happier when I have been in leadership roles. And I would come into the meeting, the morning meeting, and I'd be all excited. I had this idea of how I'm going to solve this problem. I had this great idea, and I would share it with the team with all this enthusiasm, so ready for everybody to just accept it. And I would look around the room, and I would look for the feedback. And there were a couple people in there who I relied upon, and I saw their faces. And they would speak up, and they say, I don't know, Rich. I think that's a dumb idea. You do? Why? Let's talk about it. Nothing made me happier. Because that's how excellence is created. That's how catastrophes are prevented. That's how you get the best and the most out of your team, out of your organizations, out of everybody else. And when people see that, when they see that they can approach you and tell you you're about to crash into the mountain, you know you've got some a loyal team on your hand. And that's exactly what you want. It seems so common sense, but I see this time and time again and it about makes me pull whatever hair I have left out of my head. When leaders, like they walk into the room and they think they have to be larger than life, they have to be the ones with all the ideas. They have to be the one that can't show any, mis- you know, I can't make any mistakes. I can't, you know, I'm the one that has to have all the answers. 
Or worse, you got a guy who's a jerk, a guy or gal who's got an extreme ego, and it's like, it's I'm the captain, you do what I say. Unfortunately, they exist. They there. They're there. And that comes from a place of insecurity. That whole kind of persona of I'm the captain, what I say goes, comes from a deep-rooted place of scarcity, of insecurity. Always remember that. It doesn't come from a place of strength. We always look to leaders, and this is what drives me crazy, and especially with the presidential stuff kicking off. As I'm recording this, the debates are starting tonight for the Republican side of the house. And think about that. When you know, We're always looking for these larger-than-life figures, these people with these grand egos thinking that's what's required. And in some sense, it's okay. I'm not saying it's not bad. I love the fact that Trump's in this race, by the way, because it's shaking things up out of this mediocre, same-old, same-old that we're so used to. But when you're watching this political circus that's going to unfold over here for the next year or so, and you look on the Democratic side, you look at Hillary, you look at Obama now, our current president, you look at the Republican side and ask yourself this question. If you were sitting there on their staff and working for this person, would you have the courage to be able to speak up? And then ask yourself, too, how would this person respond? How would, Think about right now, if you were sitting there with Obama right now and Obama was about to do something stupid – do you think his cabinet is speaking up and telling him exactly how things are? I mean, be honest. I don't care what your politics are. And again, I don't care. But if you study leadership and you study individuals, if you look at President Obama, for example, I think you're dealing with someone with a tremendous ego, which can be healthy. But at the same time, I think he has a chip on his shoulder. I think he has to be the smartest guy in the room. You look at Donald Trump. I think Donald Trump has to be the smartest guy in the room. I don't know. I don't know these men, but I'm just telling you my perceptions. My daughter had back surgery, extensive back surgery for scoliosis a couple years ago. And this doctor was old school. I love him. I mean, he was great, great reputation. And I remember the morning of the surgery as we're sitting there, I'm like, wow, my daughter's getting ready to go under the knife. And I was so nervous. You know, as you can, this is the first time my kids ever, you know, this is a serious surgery. They're opening up their entire back and just, you know, putting in rods in their spine, all this. It's just nervousness. The nurses, the anesthesiologists coming in, making us feel great, all professional, doing great. Everyone's, you know, hey, this is fine, real pros. The doc comes in. The whole atmosphere changed. This doc had an ego larger than Donald Trump's. This guy was the, and he knew it, was the best back surgeon in this region. He's been doing this for 35, almost 40 years. Nobody's better than him, and he knows it. And the way he talked to his staff, the way he talked to his team, was everybody kind of shied away. And I remember thinking, and I was talking to somebody about this, about that experience, and he said, he's like, well, that's the type of guy you want. That's the type of guy you want in charge. When your daughter's life is on the line, you want a guy like that in charge. And I'm thinking, you know what? I really don't. Because if a guy like that has a larger-than-life presence and believes his press, and I'm not saying he's not good. He is good. But he's a human being. And my point is this, is when they're in that operating room, when they're in that five-hour surgery on my daughter's back, I want the lowest person on that totem pole. I want that most junior nurse. I want them to be able to speak up And say, Doc, you're about to do something stupid. And I didn't feel like 
with that larger than life ego and personality in the room, if you had those people around you like that, I'm afraid they would be afraid to speak up. And that's how dangerous things happen. That's how people land with their gear up. That's how a perfectly good airplane can run out of gas. That's how an Asiana Airlines airplane can smash into the seawall at San Francisco. A perfectly good airplane because the culture is the captain's always right. Now, there are other factors on that Asiana airplane from um, reliance on the automation, but even their own company said, we know we got to change our culture. This hierarchical culture just doesn't fly in those type of environments. And it's so true, and it's the same with leadership. Think about that. That's why I see the analogies between flying a plane, being a surgeon, all those things. It applies in every aspect of life when you're a leader. How approachable are you? you got to ask the question, how approachable are you? Do you feel confident that the people that you're around you can come to you and tell you you're about to crash into the mountain? If they do, are they about to tell you to, about to do something stupid? How do you respond? Do you jump back at them? Oh, I, I knew that. You don't need to tell me that. I knew that. Or are you humble and say, oh my God, thank you so much for pointing that out. I'm so glad you're on my team. Look at the contrast. In the first case, we've all had that happen to us, right? Where we spoke up and we got, oh, I, yeah, yeah, I know. And you're like, yeah, right, you know, no respect. You lost total respect for that person, didn't you? What happens on the other side? Hey, sir, you're about to land with your gear up. Oh, my God, thank you so much for telling me. I was so wrapped up. I was thinking about my fight with my, my, my kid this morning, and I just, oh, my and gosh. I'm so glad you're sitting there with me, keeping me honest. You just elevated that individual. You've just been elevated, and you feel like you're on cloud nine because you're an integral part of that team. And you showed yourself as a leader. If you're the one that the leader that, that you get called upon, you show that you're approachable. You show that you're human. There's great strength in that. Never, ever forget that. We think it's the opposite, but that vulnerability actually shows tremendous strength and confidence. That's why there's no room for egos in the cockpit. That's what I mean by that. No egos in the cockpit. If you're the leader, it's your obligation to create that. Do everything you can to create that environment where people can approach you and point out things and tell you you're stupid with respect. Right? Treat everyone with respect. Tolerate disrespect from nobody, but allow people to approach you. It's not your right to challenge me. It's your obligation. It's your obligation. Create that open and transparent environment. No egos in the cockpit. Remember that. Take stock as you go forward this week. See those elements of your life where you maybe aren't as open and approachable as you'd like to be. There's always opportunities, and when they present themselves... And you can lay that foundation. Use those words. It's not your right to challenge me. It's your obligation. And when someone doesn't challenge you and a mistake happens, those are great disciplinary moments. Those are the moments where you pull them aside and say, man, I was really counting on you. I was disappointed that you didn't tell me I was about to do something stupid. Why couldn't you? Why didn't you feel like you couldn't approach me? Create that environment. It is so powerful. And it's not that difficult to start doing. 
right? Cast your ego aside. No egos in the cockpit. All right. I hope you're finding some value in this show. I hope you've got some value in this lessons. Please let me know what you think about it. Respond to the, the post on Facebook, on LinkedIn, directly on the website. Send me an email directly. Let me know what you think about this show, particularly this episode. And again, you can find out more information at doseofleadership.com. And of course, my brand new website, which I talked about, richardryerson.com. You can find more information about my speaking, my coaching, all the masterminds that I'm running, particularly the Search for Significance Mastermind, which is just out of this world, the best mastermind by far that I've ever, ever run. And I'm looking forward to starting a new one here on September 19th. You know, send me a line. You can go to the website too and you can give me your email address and sign up for there if you're interested in that one. It's eight weeks long. $295 includes the book, all the material. And again, that's kicking off on September 19th. I'm I'm just I'm the first third of, of kicking this off for the first time and this is just absolutely phenomenal transformational mastermind. All of my masterminds have been just so great and the, the people that I've met, but this one is just by far the best that I've ever been associated with. And I would love to see you in my next one. So you can find out more information at richardryerson.com. Click on the masterminds link in the dose of leadership. There's a sidebar there about search for significance. You can sign up and get more information there too. All right. Thanks for tuning in. And I look forward to uh, catching on the next, next episode. Again, thanks a lot. Richard invites you to become a part of the Dose of Leadership community. Visit doseofleadership.com and sign up to receive his free Common Sense Leadership ebook, a guide that highlights how all of us can learn to become calm, confident, consistent, and courageous in all aspects of our lives. Richard is also available as a speaker for your next event. Richard specializes in practical leadership and change management. He has a philosophy of inspiring everyone to think and act like a leader, which is based on timeless natural principles and common sense. You can get more info by visiting doseofleadership.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.